Hello, musical theatre fans. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. My name is Ian Boquette, and every week I ask special guests from the world of musical theatre and beyond all about their favourite musicals and what one show they would order run forever if they were the Mayor of Musical Theatre, which is a silly made-up position but is nevertheless the format point of this podcast. So I had a really fun time recording this episode. It is with Joanna Woodward, the absolutely outstandingly incredible Joanna Woodward, who you will know from Pretty Woman from The Time Traveller's Wife, which she is currently starring in. So firstly, go see The Time Traveller's Wife. It's only on until February 24th, which is so soon and hopefully it will come back. It's an amazing show. The special effects are absolutely outstanding. It has genuine magic tricks in it. I reviewed it a while ago for musical theatre review and i had just the best time seeing it joanna woodward is outstanding she is a wonderful singer she is a a perfect actor the emotional depth of that show it it, it will make you cry it will it will make you smile it'll make you laugh but it will definitely make you cry it is a who it's an emotional roller coaster of a show so do go see that before february 24th um speaking of musical theatre review This podcast is produced in association with them, with musicaltheatrereview.com, your premier source for news, reviews and interviews on all things onstage, backstage and worldwide. All of the social media links for them, for this podcast and for Joanna Woodward will be in the show notes. So please do follow and like and get involved and tweet and Instagram and all of those things. Please do. So um, let's get straight into this podcast, which was recorded at the Apollo Theatre. Shaftesbury Avenue, backstage in Joanna Woodward's dressing room. I hope you enjoy the show. Whenever we're not on stage, we are running and stripping. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. I am composer, reviewer, photographer, and now podcaster slash fake mayor, Ian Boquette. But I am far less worthy of the title of Mayor of Musical Theatre than my guest today. I first encountered this brilliant performer some years ago in my other life as an event photographer, when she was regularly lighting up the London cabaret and burlesque scenes with her sensational musical performances. I immediately became a big fan and have been delighted to see her career go from strength to strength since then, understudying and playing Vivian Ward in Pretty Woman at the Savoy, and now starring in the fantastic and brand new musical adaptation of The Time Traveller's Wife at the Apollo Theatre. Joanna Woodward, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. And thank you as well for letting us do this interview in your dress room would you like to give our listeners a bit of an audio tour oh yeah well it was quite great when I moved in so we're on the we're on the ground floor of the Apollo on Shaftesbury Avenue so it feels very theatrical and um but yeah it was quite gray in here apart from my fridge is covered with the gemstones from everybody's talking about jamie of course <laughs> so, so the fridge is very glamorous and then <laughs> since then I have moved in and put up as much colour as I possibly can, basically. A bit of Glastonbury where I grew up, lots of pictures of my kids and some flowers and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's feeling a bit brighter in here now. It's gorgeous. It's so relaxing as well, sort of soft lights. Mm, I wanted to keep it quite zen because Claire is quite an emotional role. So I wanted to have like this little haven to retreat to afterwards. So, yeah. Do you have any pre-show rituals or things that you have to do to get into the mood for it? I, you know, I don't think I do. I think I'm a bit resistant to have any strict rituals. Um, And 
it's so busy, obviously, getting ready for a role like this, because once you start, you're on for the entire show. So you kind of, I don't really have any time to, I don't know, you know, all the usual things, vocal warm up, makeup, mm. chatting to my dresser and my wiggy and, and on we go, really. And of course, even the bits you're not on stage for the show, I imagine it's costume changes, it's craziness. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. This show, it seems like every second there's a whole other world going on backstage. Absolutely. Just for the effects. And it's quite small backstage at the Apollo as well. So it's a bit <laughs> like we're all sort of, yeah, well, well versed in running around each other and watching out for each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, the roles of Henry and Claire, essentially, whenever we're not on stage, we are running and stripping. That's, <laughs> that's it. It's a full marathon. <laughs> Well, speaking of running and stripping, I first encountered <laughs> you in the burlesque world. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> um, and obviously, incredible life singing songs mm. in cabaret clubs. Um, that could have been a whole career for you, but you've always yeah. gravitated back towards musical theatre. Yeah, it was kind of an accidental career, which I'm extremely grateful. I was on a Hindu well, probably nearly 15 years ago now at Proud City, mm. and I marched up to the hostess and said... I think you need me in your show. Wow. Uh, wow. I mean, I was probably a few gins in. So, um, And she said, okay, come back next week and do a live audition, essentially, which I yeah. did. And then from then on, she started booking me as a singer and then Proud started booking me as a host. And it grew from there. And my first Western job was actually a burlesque review, Hurley Burley show. And I toured the UK and Italy um, with the evening of burlesque tour. And... And yeah, essentially when I've not been in an acting job, the wonderful warm arms of Cabaret have always taken me back in. That's lovely to hear. Yeah. Uh, like it's a whole world out there for people who just have enough gin in them to go ask for <laughs> jobs. It's so this is why I'm sober now, you see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had too much gin too young. But yeah, it's a very, very fun career with lots of amazing, hardworking, creative, fabulous people. So um, yeah, very, very pleased it found me. Um, and how are you finding musical theatre now? You're in this world where it's all auditions and agents and more rejection and those sad things, but also great highs of being on stage. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I, I, I've always been in musical theatre um, alongside the cab at the cabaret stuff. So, um, mm. yeah, so I'm very, I'm very used to it. And rejection, I don't know. Do you ever get, do you ever get used to rejection? I seem to. You get to know yourself, I suppose. And okay. I seem to, when I get a rejection, I'm very upset for a number of hours and then I get over it. So I think that's quite, you know, I've, I just know that about myself that, okay, today's going to feel a bit rubbish, but then tomorrow I'll be absolutely fine. I seem to sort of get it all out in one go. Mm. And I think you have to allow yourself to be disappointed because inevitably you've put a lot in to the auditions. I mean, sometimes you're doing eight auditions for something and you're learning almost the entire script and score before you get that inevitable no. So mm. you've, by which point you've planned out how you're going to spend the money and what holidays you're going to take that year. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, it's a bit of a blow sometimes, but uh, it's amazing. You know, it's the best job in the world and super exhausting, but you know, we keep on trucking. Well, I think you're right. It's good to process the hardships of things. And um, mm -hmm. something I've really loved following you on social media over the last few years is how honest you are about the difficulties in the industry and also personal things and yeah. body image and motherhood and all of these things that can mount up on someone. It's such mm -hmm. a re so refreshing compared to a lot of performers who will just gloss over all of the difficulties and only show the positive side. Thank you. I really appreciate that because, you know, social media is a funny thing, isn't it? And I often share and wonder if I should have done but I also have a huge passion for writing and so it helps me to share my thoughts on Instagram and then I do often get lots of messages from people that appreciate um 
the reality and you know I often question myself and think oh should I just be doing all this glossy this glossy fully made up my life is fabulous <laughs> highlight reel which is as you say what most people use Instagram for but I just don't think that sits right with me and I'd rather show some of the lows I still don't show probably enough if I'm being honest um but I think it's important to remember that you can see people playing leading roles on the West End but it you know we all have our struggles we all have bad days and everything is phasic so to celebrate yeah. the highs and the lows and the mutual understanding I think is really important I suppose especially in a role like this which is as well I mean it's a fantastic role but it is physically demanding mm. and it must be so emotionally demanding as well yeah 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 super super emotional <laughs> my mm. lovely dresser there's one point when I say goodbye to Henry every night and I come off stage <laughs> my lovely dresser just always just gives me a little look and a little support because yeah night after night getting that upset is 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 a lot but I'm quite an emotional person anyway so I think it's what I was born to do and as long as I can brush it off at the end of the day and mm. find gratitude in other things that are unrelated then I'll be all right <laughs> I'm sure um do you have any idea about the future of this show obviously it's booking at the moment till February 24th I believe yes Feb 24th yes um no we don't yet I mean I was on a different podcast the other day yeah. and um he said um that he wanted it to go to Broadway so I'm fine with that if everyone wants to make that happen I'll I'll, I'll happily hop over the pond let's um, say that until it happens absolutely. let's just yeah let's just say that's a thing um yeah but I know no idea at this point lips are sealed no idea <laughs> well i hope to hear a lot more of it it's wonderful i think in my review of it i talked a lot about your singing which is worth it in itself oh, you've got an incredible voice thank obviously you. back in the cabaret days noticed that but seeing it connected to the story in this emotional way the songs of course written by joss stone and dave stewart was there some element of trying to incorporate some of their styles into your singing or was it more finding your own way of doing it yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because people do strike up quite a lot of similarities between mine and Joss's um, voice. We definitely have this soulful, mm. poppy element running through us. Um, I don't think it was a requirement, but I think yeah. the way some of the songs are written, it just suits that. It certainly wasn't a requirement to have a typical musical theatre voice. And I was certainly yes. encouraged to bring my own style to it. And so was David Hunter, who plays Henry. Um and so that was so freeing in the creation of the show because we have created it, you know, and there's certain riffs or things that we sing in the show that have gone into the score of the show because we were allowed that freedom to see how it felt and how that came out in our voice. So that was very exciting. So you've been in some amazing shows. You've been in Pretty Woman. Before that, you've done lots of different things on lots of different scales, working your way up from, from being a student all the way up to now and that's a lot of different vocal styles mm. did you find it more challenging in the past then to adapt your voice into say Roger and Hammerstein or Sondheim or whatever it was you were doing I think it's interesting because as you grow up you kind of if you love musical theatre you kind of adapt your voice to sing whatever it is you want to sing mm. I've never done anything extremely classical I suppose Merrily We Roll Along was the most legit sounding thing I've done and maybe that was a bit more of a challenge for me than it is belting out some pop tunes. Yeah, that yeah. probably is more challenging. But I think you just adapt to each job as you go. And if you keep your instrument well, mm. then you should be able to... I just, I think it's much more interesting to hear individual voices than, you know, that copy print musical theatre sound that sometimes we think of. I think that is becoming more popular now that, you know, if you're in Les Mis, you can, you can be Carrie, you can be Ruthie. You don't mm. have to be... Um, 
yeah, that exact lame is sound. So more of that. Was it always musical theatre for you? Did you start in, like interested in pop songs and slowly went into musical theatre or was it always musical theatre for you? Um, when I was little, I essentially wanted to be uh, Britain's answer to Britney Spears. Um, <laughs> There's still time. There's still, There's time. still time. Oh God, I hope not. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, I think initially wanted to be a pop star mm. and I definitely wrote my own songs and stuff like that. But very, very quickly um, discovered the world of musical theatre and so those two kind of ambitions went along fairly parallel mm. until probably I went to drama school and then my focus became more on musical theatre it just seemed like a more legitimate career I think that I could follow um, yeah, yeah but you know they're all intertwined aren't they oh absolutely mm. was there one show that really made you fall in love with musical theatre back in the day yes well the first show I remember absolutely knocking my socks off I don't even know how old I was, probably at seven, um, was Phantom of the Opera at the Bristol Hippodrome. Oh, wow. And okay. yeah, probably not anything I would ever be in. Um, but it, I became obsessed from that moment and got the yeah. full, you know, orchestral arrangement and was singing it in the shower and freaking out my younger brother with the, the <laughs> sounds of the Phantom. Yeah, going from singing Britney to singing Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, that's a, that's I'm eclectic. I'm very yeah. eclectic. <laughs> yeah, no, and I absolutely adored it. And and that set me on my path, really, to be obsessed with every musical I could get my hands on. What a first moment of musical theatre as well, just the grandeur of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's actually. half of it, just to see the magic and how huge it was. And Bristol Hippodrome is a beautiful theatre as well. So, Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, Phantom is one of those shows which... Obviously, you never see it performed on a very tiny amateur scale, mm. but I would love one day to see a little chamber production of it. That's a really good idea. Yeah. yeah. That would be really spooky as well. If you could get it inside, I don't know, I'm picturing like a church or something. That would oh, be kind yeah, of... definitely. Yeah. Well, as soon as it stops making money for Andrew Lloyd Webber, Great, the we'll be become there. available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, were your family into musicals as well, or is this something you've dragged them into now? They, I mean, no, they... <laughs> like theatre okay. um but yeah I'm a bit of an oddball in my family no one else is theatrical or musical um they enjoy it I think my parents are both retired now and they're both sort of starting to investigate local choirs and things like that which oh, is really cute, sweet yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and enjoying it lots mm. um but yes no I was a bit of an oddball and now they just follow me around everywhere basically <laughs> which is nice and uh and my mum loved it when I got into cabaret as well I think she would have been quite happy for me to to, to stick with that because the world was just so fascinating and exciting yeah oh yeah I mean anytime you can go for a night out and in, experience so many different types of entertainment in Absolutely. one show um, yeah let's do a shout out to the cabaret scene yeah while we're here. we love you <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of the cabaret scene, actually, you were kind enough to introduce me to Brian E. Purdue, yeah. who starred in my little show, which I did a while ago. Yeah. Um, so th personal thank you. You're welcome. Anybody Appreciate who it. gets to meet Brian E. is a lucky one. So <laughs> call her my wife. <laughs> you, you are the lucky one. <laughs> she is my wife. Yeah. She is amazing. <laughs> okay. So question number two is which musical score always gets stuck in your head? What gets stuck in my head? I think I'm going to go Merrily We Roll Along again because I don't know if it's just lately. No, mm. I think it's all the time. It's that um, opening song. Dreams don't die, so keep yes. an eye on your dream. Seems to pop into my head like an earworm all the time. And mm. I'm a Sondheim fanatic because I think I much prefer those musicals that are just clever and mm. more acting based and also a little bit dark. That's the thing about Sondheim is he's like... 
it can appear quite sweet on the surface, can't it? Yeah. But it, there's always these dark undertones, and I really enjoy that. So, and yeah. Emily, especially, it's so mm. devastating at the end. Devastating. <laughs> yeah, it's heartbreaking, and doing it was, yeah, kind of heartbreaking to to look back at your life and think about those friendships that have kind of fallen out of touch for whatever reason um and be both grateful for those and also that's the truth of life isn't it we all move on it's always so wonderful to see young performers do it who Mm. have some idea of how heartbreaking it is but you just know as they go through life they'll appreciate it more and more and sort of warning them about what's coming ahead i know yeah it's tricky isn't it you you want to warn everybody to hold on to each other but some people don't get the message i think and the production you were in, that was the Menier Chocolate Factory one, mm-hmm. which is now transferred to Broadway. I know. Crazy. Amazing things coming from out of London. I know. Yeah, it's very strange because obviously I'm not associated with it at all anymore. But you go online and you see like that's our set and it's just being raved about. And yeah, I'm so pleased for Maria and Tim because I mean, Maria is just a marvel and working yes. with her was just magic is the only word for that, really. It changed my life, that job. And you got to meet Stephen Sondheim yourself. Briefly, I did. Wow. I watched him eat mashed potato from across the table. Wow. Um, <laughs> he was amazing. <laughs> and he came backstage and he he was crying. He was crying because he mm. he said he'd never seen a production of Merrily done like like ours. And he came around every single person and he held my hands and looked me in the eyes and said, thank you so much for your work. And oh, wow. he was just like, you know, I was sort of, I mean, I was basically a swing on that job. I covered everybody. Um, so, I, you know, he didn't need to take the time to um, to say that to me, but he did. And uh, yeah, I'll hold that in very fond memory. That's so sweet to hear. You always assume someone of that intelligence and stature might be a little cold or cynical or over it. But everything I hear when it comes to the work, it's he was so emotional. Yeah, he's very emotional and just very grateful for when, when people managed to like take something he'd done and make it... <laughs> well as brilliant as that production was so absolutely well that was on broadway now but what is your favorite musical currently running in london if you can't say from hours obviously the time traveler's wife (laughs) what is my favorite musical right okay so it's not quite here yet although it might be by the time you send this out i don't know um and it has been on before so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with it standing at the sky's edge oh Gorgeous, gorgeous show. Adore it. Saw it twice at the National. Can't wait to see it in town. And my dear friend Rachel Wooding is in it and she's sensational. And yeah, I really love shows about... Brutalist architecture. (laughs) (laughs) Brutalist (laughs) architecture. That's my niche, yeah. No, I really like shows about... um, about people and people connections and again that's why i love sometimes shows so much i'm less about the big fantasy or epic drama in terms of psychological or thrillers or anything like that i just love people connections and and time passing and yeah so that's why i love that show it's so human and so relatable yeah and of course it's well, it's National Theatre. It's going to be fantastic. It's mm-hmm. stunning in a way that you wouldn't expect being so down to earth. Yeah. Um, the choreography yeah. as well choreography. was just sensational. And a great riposte to anyone who looks down their nose at jukebox musicals. Absolutely. I mean, people were like in denial that it was a jukebox musical because they couldn't quite <laughs> accept that yes. it was. But it is and it's fantastic. Incredible, incredible choice. Mm, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, which musical has made you laugh the most? I'm going to take a sidestep here, if you'll allow me. Please. It's still musical theatre. Oh, it's not yeah. technically a musical. But there is a musical comedy girl band called Flatten the Curves. 
Okay. And I saw their show at Edinburgh this mm. year and they've written their own songs and it's about being a woman and the female experience. And honestly, I have not cried, laughed so much <laughs> at something for such a long time. Brilliant. So yeah, they're sort of doing bits and bobs. They're doing a tour this year, I believe, um, Flat and the Curves. And they also play at the Phoenix Club quite a lot. So doing that cabaret crossover again. Yeah, great venue um, for it. Yeah, and they were like, headlining the comedy store. So yeah, four amazing women that are hopefully taking over musical comedy in this country so amazing yeah. i have to go and research and you look at youtube videos they're fantastic I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes i'm sure they're fantastic <laughs> thank you i mean that's the best thing about doing the podcast finding out new yeah, fun stuff too although not yeah. good for your uh, pocket probably because you probably want to go and see everything <laughs> it's it gets so expensive yeah, so it's, like, it's all musicals as well which tend to be a little on the pricier side yeah but there are some yeah. very good deals on time traveler's wife tickets at the moment so yeah check that out <laughs> Uh, what is your favourite movie musical? This is really tough because my initial reaction to this question is I don't like movies. Oh, I like stage shows. But okay. then I thought about it and there were three that I can't really decide between. And that is Cabaret, obviously, because it's Liza Minnelli. And also a different take on it compared to the stage version. Yeah, I'd say. very different. And dark again. Mm. See, I love the dark ones. Um, and but Chicago was amazing and Catherine Absolutely. Zeta-Jones was amazing and I loved how it was shot but if I had to choose one to watch for the rest of my life I'd probably choose Funny Girl it's oh. just the perfect like Sunday afternoon movie and I just yes. love her Babs I love the costumes <laughs> I love her voice everything and I love him oh what was his name he died recently, didn't he? Yes. It's terrible. Cannot remember his name now. Oh, memories of the theatre community. <laughs> yes. You type it in the comments. But um, yeah, gorgeous mustachioed man that I had many a dream about. Good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that a fantastic movie. Getting to hear those voices on that cast recording is always great. Mm. And it's wonderful the stage version exists as well. That's always a good time. But yeah. those voices on those recordings yeah. is phenomenal. Absolutely. Well... Which musical might people be surprised to learn you love? Maybe something at odds with your personality or guilty pleasure, something like that. Okay, so having told you that I love dark pieces, hmm. I love Mamma Mia. Like, I just love it. It's like, just fun, isn't it's it? It's just a good day out. I just, I'm desperate to take my mum this year because she's still not seen it and she loves ABBA. Um, hmm. But yeah, I just love it. It just makes me so happy. I cannot wait until I'm old enough to play Donna and I will sit in that role for as long as they will take <laughs> me because that will be a lot of fun. Absolutely. I think um, Maz Murray has been in it for yeah. quite a while She's now. holding on. Yes. <laughs> you get your claws in Donna. You Deservedly though, like she's incredible. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you're right, that whole musical, by the time it gets to the end and it, you are just at an ABBA concert enjoying yourself. Absolutely. Delirious fun. Yeah. Which musical do other people really love that you don't quite understand for whatever reason? Doesn't have to be you hate it, doesn't have to be you think it's bad, just it doesn't quite connect with you in the same way other people seem obsessed with it. The only thing I can think of, and I don't really have a real reason for it, is Book of Mormon just never did for mm. me what it did for a lot of other people. I think I'm What's just that? too sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, I was never into South Park or any of that. Right, right. But I can appreciate it as a show and everybody I know loves it. So that's just my little <laughs> thing. That's the thing, yeah. It's clearly getting standing ovations and uproarious laughter. But every not night from me. Okay. No. <laughs> but some people are different and some people like yeah. different things. I think that's, that's important to remember, isn't it? Because not all show, well, no show is for everybody. And that's what's brilliant about theatre. 
Absolutely. Well, on a different track, what do you think is the most romantic musical of all the musicals? I mean, Time, time Travelers Wife. Right. It's pretty romantic, <laughs> isn't it? It is really Band's romantic. Time. Yeah. Love Wins the Day is the big sign outdoors. I know. Glorious. Yeah, that it is truly romantic, our show. Loving through many, many challenges. Um, other than that, the second show I saw growing up at the Bristol Hippodrome, which again made me equally obsessed, mm. was Miss Saigon. Oh. And I think, like, there's probably a lot of problems with Miss Saigon nowadays, but act one of Miss Saigon just always felt so incredibly romantic to me. Just, like, finding each other in a desolate world of hell yeah. and sticking together and falling in love, you know, as a young person. That made me very moony-eyed. <laughs> Mm. it's well it's a story which has endured throughout the ages from like madame butterfly to miss saigon exactly. and then when you add that music on top of it it's so romantic. oh it's epic yeah it that, that, that sun and moon song yeah mm. beautiful mm. um do you consider yourself a romantic sentimental sort of person in general oh or yeah. just when the music comes in? no music does it to me though yeah. you know if anything can put me in a certain romantic mood it is it is music and yeah i'm a softie i'm a real yeah I'm a total lover. <laughs> <laughs> I find a lot of actors are. It must be good to be in tune with your emotions in that way. Yeah, I think so. I think like love is almost the basis for every show you do in one way or another. So you definitely have to be able to access that. Mm. Um, what musical have you never seen that you think you should see? It could oh. be a, a popular classic that's passed you by or a new work that seems exciting has just come out. I have not seen Six. Just and that's like road, a crime. Yeah. I know. And I've... You know, how many years is it done now? And I've known several people in it and I have yet to see it. So that is, yeah, that is one on my bucket list that I have yet to see. Um, I've got tickets for Tuesday, but sadly you and Time Traveller's Wife. I'm busy, about you yes, wife, so. yes. But quite a lot of young girls like six, don't they? And so I'm like, at what point can I take my now six-year-old? Because she might like it. Because yeah. it's a bit like a pop concert, isn't it? It's an absolute pop concert. It's yeah. only like 70 minutes long or something. So yeah. it's, you're not going to get bored. Mm, yeah, so maybe I'll try that soon. She'll probably learn something as well that's on the syllabus at school. So maybe, yeah, maybe. Also educational. Uh, no, it's a great fun show, but it's it's just taking the world by storm. It's doing something yeah. different with musical theatre. It's the best thing about it. Yeah, and it's amazing to see something like fully homegrown just take over the world. It's very yeah. exciting. You won't be able to avoid it for long in in this world, I'm no, sure. No, it'll come and get me at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Which musical's fictional world would you most like to live in? I imagine Time Traveller's Wife would be a bit traumatic. Yeah, to be fair. yeah, but. I think most musicals are slightly traumatic in some way, aren't they? There's a lot of jeopardy involved in a lot of musicals. Because I was thinking maybe something sort of fantasy-based, but then, I don't know. Frozen would be too cold for me. Yes. <laughs> well, outside, well, it's like minus five yeah, this morning. So no, not enjoying that at all. Um, so could I just live in the fantasy world of sometimes old friends and just be sung at by <laughs> Janie D, Bernadette Peters, Leah Longer? That is the best Bonnie answer Langford. I've ever had to this question. Yeah, yes, I think that's course. the world I want to live in. I went to watch it the other day. Mm. Not only that, Imelda Staunton was sat in front of me, so I was just fangirling. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't say anything to her because I wanted to respect her privacy. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was like just the most wonderful, maybe very, very proud to be an actor and also just to see those incredible women and men, but like the women were just for me, just sensational. So oh, yeah. that's the world I'd like to live in, please. <laughs> My Netflix account name is Bernadette Peters. <laughs> to see her live in the West End. Never I thought know. it would happen. Oh my goodness. The second she started um, 
not a day goes by, which obviously is from Merrily. Yeah. So I covered that role in Merrily. And so mm. I used to watch these endless YouTube videos of Bernadette singing it. So mm. to see her sing that live sort of three meters in front of me absolutely broke me the other day, to be completely honest. It's so touching. I mean, obviously the recordings that are out there and you can relate it to possibly her late husband and things. And then mm. in this show when she's obviously singing about Sondheim himself yeah. as well. God, it hurts, but it's glorious. Yeah. It's glorious. She also bows fantastically. And I, did you notice that? I didn't notice this. She does like, she obviously leads the bows and then she does this like incredibly theatrical flick of her hand (laughs) and an upwards reach before a tiny little bob. And I just think that's wonderful. I might try that tonight on stage. Yeah. Yeah. You have to develop your own signature bow. So people say, tell you what about Joe Gordon. When she bows, you notice. You know, you'll remember that bow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, great answer to that question just an abstract theatrical space with Sondheim <laughs> yeah. and the best performers in the world that's me that's me summed up that is. <laughs> if you were to direct a radical restaging of a classic musical which would you choose to bring up to date in some way well I really like your phantom idea that's quite good oh I don't know because this is really annoying but like years and years ago well for many years now I've always said I want to do cabaret in a cabaret club <laughs> oh and then, along and comes then the Kit Kat club. look what they did yeah i mean i still think i still i love this production don't get mm. me wrong i've seen it twice um but i still think i'd love to go to a performance of cabaret that really is in like a dark underground authentic cabaret club yes. where the performances literally happen all around you um yeah, yeah that's what i always thought would be an excellent idea so well done them <laughs> incredible yeah so like the kit clack club version but maybe a bit less polished and probably less making polished, less money a lot more nudity a lot more grossness like just Amazing. yeah and like where the acting scenes are literally happening on top of your table essentially you know just it's all right there okay. do you yeah. have much experience with immersive theater have you been in a production like that i was in for a very short time the drown man my punch drunk oh yeah um but i was in so there was sort of like a bar <laughs> classic there's yeah. a bar area um that was for the interval mainly and for post-show and i was singing with the band in there um yeah and so yeah so i wasn't fully in the immersive thing which is probably a good idea because i'm quite scared of those situations they're quite full-on yeah absolutely. Uh, but yeah, no, other than that, just sort of cabaret clubs like Bunga Bunga was, is quite immersive and things like that. But yeah, no, not, not a proper immersive show, I wouldn't say. I guess you're right. Once you're performing in a burlesque club and you've got people <laughs> drunk off their minds anyway, it's, yeah. it's just as dangerous. It's terrifying, yeah. Um, you were saying earlier how you're into songwriting and things as well. Do you have any aspirations for writing, directing, getting behind the scenes at all? It's funny you should ask this. I was thinking, my who was it? My old friend last night, old friend, was asking me um, if I wanted to direct. And I'm not sure that's something on my radar just yet. I think I'd still prefer the doing rather than the telling at this moment. But writing, definitely. But I think I'm more of a novelist, memoir type writer than a theatrical writer. But who knows? Interesting. Yeah. I'm sure I've got lots of creative juices to get flowing in the future. I'm just not sure which way it's going to go yet. Wonderful. Is there anything (laughs) in the works? I mean, there's always several things in the works. I was writing a book about, um, like a memoir style book about postnatal depression. Mm. I've got a cabaret novel stroke memoir thing in the pipeline. 
Um, what else? Uh, and I'm and I'm writing it, uh, songs for an album as well. So yeah, fingers in pies and not enough time to actually do them right now. But soon, soon. That's a sign of a true creative. <laughs> several projects at once. Many tabs open at all times. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, the big main question of this podcast, if you were the mayor of musical theatre, if you had that power to order one show be staged forever, so you can go see it whenever you want, which show would you choose and in which venue? Okay, so I, this is really tough because mm. I feel like it needs to be a sun time. And I'm tempted to just say old friends, even though, again, it's not technically a musical. It's more of a review. But again, that's the world I want to live in forever. If, if there was a world in which I could just pop down the street and see Bernadette Peters at any point, that would be good. Also, you'd be doing the world a service by keeping Bernadette Peters alive forever. We need Thank to do that. that. Yeah, exactly. Um, if not that, maybe company. Oh, I don't know. It's so hard to pick. I always loved company. And I loved the recent recent production probably wasn't even that recent anymore was yeah, it yeah it was pre-pandemic i guess so oh gosh yeah at least half a decade ago yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, wow um yes and honorable mention i'm not sure i could go and see it all the time because it broke my heart but honorable mention to london road at the national many oh, years ago i never saw it live but i loved the oh. movie oh the live version was just yeah i hope they bring that back that broke me as a human being Oh, God. Yeah, I, they, the cast were, like, collecting for um, charity afterwards yeah. by the door. And I just vaguely remember grabbing one of them and crying at her and saying thank <laughs> you multiple times because it was just the most wonderful thing I'd ever seen. So. Well, I hope they do bring that forever so yeah. I can, I can go see, see it, it again. Finally. And my show. I wish we could run forever so I could keep doing it. But there we are. For all, all the good work things and the come emotional to the end. turmoil it is. I know. Yeah, to be fair, I'll be happy of a nice sit down in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you don't have to settle on one show. It's great that there are so many different shows, very different shows, actually, yes. which you'd want to run forever. But is there one venue that you really love and you'd like to have that, maybe playing all three of those shows in rep? Well, I'm not just saying this because I'm biased right now because I work here, but the Apollo Theatre on Shaftesbury Avenue mm. is so beautiful. It is so beautiful. The auditorium is beautiful. And the backstage just has that old theatre charm. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Apollo. That's a Long good live the Apollo. You've tried to have your roof fall in once, but we're not having it. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, not having it. Stay with us. Well, it's almost certainly the safest roof in London now it's been recently. I'm not redone. even sure it's fully repaired yet. Don't quote me on that, but there's okay. like a tarpooling situation going on. It's definitely safe. Don't worry. You're not going <laughs> to die if you come here. But, yeah. Yes, there's life in the old girl yet. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's thank been a delight. You. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And listeners, please do go see Time Traveller's Wife. Uh, February 24th is last performance. So that was Joanna Woodward. Amazing, amazing Joanna Woodward. I, I feel so lucky that I was able to see her so long ago, back in the days of burlesque clubs when she was singing her heart out and bringing the house down. She's a phenomenal talent. For now, she's in The Time Traveller's Wife at the Apollo Theatre, Shaftesbury Avenue. An incredible show. Make sure you get your tickets. Make sure you see it before it ends February 24th. All the tickets are available. Um, there will be a link in the show notes, as well as a link to Musical Theatre Review, which this podcast is produced in association with. I, I can structure a sentence. That's how you do that. Um, also links to social media of the podcast 
and there'll be uh, there'll be all sorts of stuff in the show notes head to the show notes head to the social media get involved if you want to subscribe to this podcast like and review it all those sorts of things are really helpful and recommend it to your friends please do that we've got some amazing guests coming up in the near future and we'll be communicating soon in this very one-way way but yeah get back to us let us know on social media what show you want to run forever that sort of thing it'll be a fun fun time okay i will not see you soon but i'll podcast to you very very soon keep it musical